Hey, yo, tough guy. You think you're tough? Well, you ain't tough enough. Find out in today's episode what toughness really means and whether you have what it takes to be tough. From the dojo to the we bring you the Jiu-Jitsu Master Podcast! Welcome to another edition of the Jiu-Jitsu Master Podcast. This is your co-host Sri Pendikatla, and with me is co-host Shihan Russ St. Hilaire, 7th degree black belt in Kobukai Jiu-Jitsu. How are you doing this fine summer evening, Shihan? I'm doing really great. I love the summer, love being outside, uh, love being warm. That's why I moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? I've been doing well, Shihan. Awesome. Yeah, we are too. We're, we're definitely uh, training hard and, and sweating up a storm, so it's good. Today's podcast centers around the topic of toughness. Mm, yes, one would need to be tough to be a good jujitsuka. I came into the dojo thinking, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a martial artist. I've done a couple of different martial arts, and and maybe I'm pretty tough. And then when I started doing jujitsu, I realized I was nowhere near where I need to be in terms of toughness and the physical contact and aggression. I wanted to ask you a little bit about. What level of toughness do we is required to start Kobukai Jiu-Jitsu? That's a great question, and I have to say I I went the the same experience that you know you talked about first coming into the dojo, and um, I, I bet you it's a similar experience for every male that's out there because you know I think men basically walk around thinking they're pretty tough most of the time. It's just sort of built into our psyche and. And, uh, you know, I think we could take care of ourselves if the situation arose and, you know, we could handle any adversity. But the reality of it is most people have not been tested anywhere near any limit, physical, uh, mental, intellectual, emotional. Um, so I think a lot of people are sort of walking around uh, in a myth. You know, toughness isn't just built in. It's a result of experience. And I, I think those are the things that we develop over time. And toughness is very, very relative. We're going to speak about toughness, you know, um, specifically in the martial arts. But I don't want people to get the idea that toughness uh, is specific to the military or the martial arts. Is all kinds of being tough. And you know, let's we'll we'll talk through a few of those. But what toughness is as a definition is the ability to work your way through adversity of some sort. And when we're talking about the martial arts, most of the time that is some kind of mental and physical adversity having to do with, you know, training and sparring and rolling and doing randori and, and uh, just the amount of, of uh, abuse that your body takes to become a good, you know, jujitsuka. So I think that's uh, the toughness that most martial artists are going to think about. Um, however, we have to remember that we train for something that's going to happen outside of the dojo. We train for something that's going to happen in a car, uh, on the street, in a bar, on an airplane. Um, we are training to handle a real-life situation outside of the dojo with no etiquette, no uniforms, no belts, no equipment, no mouthpiece. That's where we have to be tough. So developing some of that toughness in the dojo is really, really important, but there is more to it than that. It, that that kind of toughness is a combination of 
preparedness physically, um, mental fortitude, emotional control, um, and the ability to sort of withstand adversity or withstand resistance or pain for a decent amount of time while you handle a situation. So that that's what I think toughness is. And I know when I first came to a dojo, I thought I was pretty tough. Um, I was weightlifting for a number of years and I had built myself up from being pretty scrawny and pretty weak into a pretty strong guy. And, um, you know, I, I liked that feeling for sure. And then, you know, the first time I walked into a jujitsu dojo, I saw small people throwing around big people and I thought it was fake because, I mean, I had just spent a lot of time, you know, moving steel and pumping iron and I knew what it took. And, you know, these, these people weren't like big or in shape or muscular and, you know, how was it even possible that they were throwing around big people? Um, and so when I first joined, I really had my eyes opened. Uh, I thought I was tough and I was, I was nowhere near not just tough enough for jujitsu. I, I just wasn't even tough <laughs> at all. Um, I, I was living under a false pretense. So that's one of the things that martial arts will definitely bring to you if you stick with it long enough is a certain level of toughness and, and fortitude that you wouldn't have had before, you know, going into, uh, into training like that. You mentioned you weren't prepared for how tough it was when you first walked into the dojo. So could you go Take us back and tell us about how you were in your childhood and what you've done to toughen yourself up. I'd be happy to. And I, and I will say the only reason that I'm happy to is I, I did do something about it. Um, had I just uh, ignored my own frailties uh, and weaknesses, um, you know, I'd, I'd still be in a, in a, I'd be in a different place. Let's put it that way. Um, but, but I did do something about it. So I'll be happy to tell the story. And, and I definitely... Uh, he grew up um, being somewhat coddled, I guess I would say. Uh, my mother had lost a son before I was born, and so she was very, very careful with me and made sure that um, every situation I was in with, was safe uh, and controlled. And I know my, my dad hated that. I, um, he, t- he definitely told me that later in life, that you know he was constantly trying to toughen me up and and she was not having it. And so, you know, that led to me being like a relatively weak guy. Uh, I mean, I had never run before in my life, um, more than, you know, less than a hundred yards, uh, until I was in my mid twenties preparing to go into the military. I know that's hard to believe, but it's absolutely true. And I was not strong enough to climb a tree, uh, on my own. I had to have my dad help me with that. It was so bad uh, that there was a friend of my parents um, who kind of took pity on me and gave me a set of like Jack LaLanne dumbbells and and spring exercise machines that were that were old. I probably wish I still had them. They'd be antiques now. But, um, you know, and kind of showed me how to use them and said, you know, you, you need to you need to toughen up, get a little bit. And. Um, you know, so that was something that headed me down the path of, you know, wanting to become more physically fit and more tough and learn how to run and become a good swimmer and be able to go hiking and all of those type of things. Um, however, I will say that up until I started the martial arts, I didn't develop any mental toughness. So I definitely started making my body tougher. Uh, there was no question about that. 
you're not uh, just one thing. You know, people are complex beings, and I did not make myself uh, mentally tougher. So, whereas I could, you know, probably lift a 150-pound person over my head or, or you know, climb a mountain or whatever, if I got into an argument with that 150-pound person, I'd probably back away. I'd probably shy away because, because mentally I did not have the ability uh, I was not tough mentally. So again, there was another challenge that I had to go about. And of course, as you know, martial arts will train you both physically and mentally. So, you know, it was another step that I had to take in, in being tough. Um, the interesting thing was, you know, this is a self journey. You're not really being tough for someone else. I don't know. Maybe guys think so when they're first dating or something like that. Like I got to be tough in that way. The girls will like me. But, you know, as I've got older, I found out that that's completely false. Um, so it was really a, a, a mental exercise, you know, with myself. I didn't like feeling the way I felt. And so I, I went on to, uh, went on to tackle that. Thank you, Sheehan, for sharing the very personal, uh, family background about yourself. You made a commitment to yourself to toughen yourself up. And then you continued that journey into the military. Now, is, is that a natural progression of, or is that part of your, your, your toughening journey? Or So that was just part of my journey, toughening journey. I wouldn't say that's the right um, answer for other people. I mean, there's plenty of ways to do that. But I you know, studied jujitsu for, um, I don't know, about five years, I guess, somewhere around there, five, five or six years. And, you know, achieved my first black belt in jujitsu and, um, you know, love to fight and spar and do randori and, and uh, do nawaza. You know, I like to do all of the calisthenics and the chin-ups and everything, you know, was, was very appealing to me uh, physically. And then the mental control that I started to learn was very, very important to me. You know, I didn't let things uh, affect me as much as I had you know, when I was younger, but still for me, there was, there was more, there was something else there. And, and I think it's about slowly learning about your limits over time. So, you know, I had some limits and I, I surpassed those limits and, and many people helped me do it. I just didn't do it myself. I've, of course, I had many instructors and partners and senpais and, um, but, uh, I, I really still felt that there were other challenges. There were other things. You, my brain just said, I wonder if you can do that. Or what would that be like? And then I started to develop this mentality of facing adversity and, and challenges and going after them. And, you know, you have to do that with a certain, I guess, lack of fear. You have to develop a lack of fear for your physical well-being. And, and you do it the first time and you surmount that obstacle and you, and you come out fine on the other end. And, and so now you know that limit. And so then you look for the next limit and you do that. And you say, okay, you know, I thought I was going to die doing that, but I didn't. So I guess there's another limit I don't know about, right? So it was about that. I wasn't satisfied in my job and what I was doing. I wasn't challenging physically or mentally. And I was just like, I have to do something else. And so the military looked like an interesting option. I mean, I knew there would be endless challenges, both mentally and physically and, and emotionally. And so, you know, I, I enlisted in the army and, um, went through that training, you know, doing training at Fort Benning and all, all sorts of things that you do in the military. I won't go into a long diatribe about that, but I will tell you this, it is another exercise in you thinking you're tough and you're really not that tough. I could climb a mountain. I love to hike. 
right? I'd put a backpack on my back, you know, 40, 50 pounds in it, go climbing in the White Mountains, climb Mount Washington and Mount Madison. And um, what I found was, is that developed a certain level of toughness. If you want to know what the next level of toughness is, is having done that the day before, then getting only two hours sleep, then having to do it again at three o'clock in the morning in the rain. So you thought you were tough when you were under ideal conditions that you set up for yourself, but then when you put it in less than ideal conditions and you're being forced to do it while you're exhausted, again, that's a whole different uh, different level of of toughness that you have to you know attain. And it's another it's another barrier that you probably don't think you can get through, but then you do get through. And so again, the military was another thing. And I've continued to do that, as you know. I mean, I like doing Spartan races and Tough Mudders and um, all kinds of stuff that that challenges uh, skydiving and and whatever stuff that um, is just another another level that you uh, push yourself, you know, that you push yourself through. And I think that does develop a certain level of, of toughness, uh, in yourself, you know, the willingness to just look at adversity, uh, right in front of you and saying, all right, here we go. And just diving in and doing it. Um, so that was kind of my, my journey. Uh, and so what we've tried to do at Gobukai is to give a piece of that, um, at all kinds of different levels in the dojo. And our instructors are very good at looking at the individuals and seeing what their what their next level is. Uh, a great example of that would be Oz Parazer's black belt test. I mean, everybody knew that he was one of the absolute toughest guys in the dojo. He had endless cardio. He was insanely strong. He had a gymnastic uh, ability. Um, you know, he was able to pretty much beat anybody that he wanted at, at any time. He won many holiday bashes. You know, how do you give somebody a black belt test that's challenging um, and, and as it should be? But of course, you know, the instructors come up with stuff and they they know about that person and they know what might be difficult for them and they know about their weak points and they really go out there and, and we created, uh, or I should say Sensei um, Matt created um, a, a truly challenging and, and very difficult test for him. So that's something that we definitely pride ourselves with. We want to create situations for all of our students that push them beyond their self-set limits and boundaries until they have developed a whole nother set of limits and boundaries. And that's just an ongoing story. That's how we develop toughness. You mentioned um, mental toughness in, in part of your journey. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, mental toughness can have something to do with physical, you know, toughness. It could be intertwined in some way, but it can also stand alone. And it's about your ability to handle the adversity of the mind, right? Things that are upsetting to you and upsetting to everyone else or things that are upsetting specifically to you because of your own personal past and your own filters and the way you think and look at life and the way you were taught, maybe through just your family or maybe through your entire culture. Um, you know, some people are, are naturally, I would say, uh, fearless and extravagant and uh, take chances. And other people are just the opposite of that. But that doesn't mean they both can't be tough. Um, and it also doesn't mean they're either, either one of them is tough. It's just different, you know, personalities. It's uh, the way that people are built. Um, I was built in a way where I really did not uh, like mental conflict. 
I did not like, uh, I did not like argument. I don't want to say I don't, I did not like, I still don't like, I don't like argument. I don't like debate. Um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a big fan of, of, uh, puzzles or, or things that you figure out for no reason whatsoever. Um, you know, and that's just the way I'm built. It's not right or it's not wrong, but it definitely was a weakness in some situations. Uh, it was certainly a weakness in my ability to negotiate for things like salary and jobs and position and financial type things. Um, it was a challenge with uh, significant others or spouses and being able to, um, you know, work your way through problems when you're, you know, afraid to get into an argument. Um, it, it took a long time, and I, I will say, you know, partly martial art training, partially the military, uh, partially your own just drive to do it. it. It took a long time to be able to just handle those situations uh, with some level of mental toughness because I was not born that way. But you can train yourself to do that. You can find the right tools, the right things to use to your advantage, uh, things that leverage your own strength and protect your weaknesses uh, like any good martial art would, artist would do. Um, you know, I found those things and uh, and now I use them successfully and so so have many many students that have come from our schools uh other martial artists i've known people in the military i've seen many 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 people go through those types of journeys you know all slightly different but come out the other side um a much stronger and and tougher person i remember a, a long uh you know hot summer day in the east hartford dojo and we were really sweating it out and really struggling and you told us that it's all in your mind. It's mostly in your mind. You know, your body can take it. It's in your mind. How, how much of it is in our minds? Like we were going through some push-ups. Even with stretching, you told us that you've never seen uh, a tendon or muscle snap when people were stretching. So <laughs> what's, what's going on there? So, you know, your body um, has its own defense mechanisms. It um, it definitely responds in a way to protect itself uh, physically through through discomfort or through pain, um, you know, mentally uh, through um, the way that uh, you respond with a fight or flight type response. Um, it, it's built that way through millions of years of just trying to preserve itself. Um, so we have to work our way through and around those things. And yes, I absolutely believe and have seen over many, many years, that the body itself um, will go much farther and is much, much stronger and much tougher than the mind. Uh, very rarely, I'm not saying never, but very rarely do I see somebody who is uh, so mentally strong that they push their body to the point of uh, purposeful injury. Um, it does happen. It absolutely does happen. Sometimes it happens with uh, you know, elite athletes. Uh, those those that have that special mental um, toughness. But in general, when you're thinking you can't go any farther or that stretch is just too far and it's going to hurt or I can't do another push-up or I'm going to have a heart attack or I can't run any farther or I'm going to pass out, that's really your mind just trying to set a, a comfort limit where it's like, okay, you know what, you're, you're, you're kind of getting toward the point where I think – you know, this is challenging your body to a point where it's not really necessary or it could be dangerous. And so it just sets a limit and it starts, you know, playing games and it starts shutting your body down. But the reality of it is, is when you push yourself more and more every time it, it too, right? Like 
it's part of you. It learns new limits and, and gets rid of old fears and, and knows what it can handle because of its experience of, of the last time when you ran farther than you thought you could or you made it through that you know, really hot class where you thought you were going to pass out. And suddenly it sets new parameters. It has a new understanding. And then now you can go and do that again, and it doesn't pop up the same reactions or the same fears, right? And that's when, of course, we look for the new limit. But um, that that uh, that is absolutely true. The mind can absolutely control the body, but the body is is way stronger uh, than than uh, your mind is. Some of the slogans or mottos uh, that you had in on uh, Kobukai t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> were, uh, I think I remember. Uh, I love how much this is going to suck. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, that was a great. A great saying. It was actually uh, brought up by uh, a student, uh, Sean Bowden, who, who said that once, and I immediately said that that needs to be a T-shirt, because you know, especially if you've gone to Kobukai for a while, you know, most of the time, especially if it's a summer class or something, it's gonna suck. It's, I mean, class is hard enough already, and then it's really, really hot, and, and we've never been ones for like a lot of air conditioning or anything, so um, it's just gonna be this, you know, gutted out situation where you've just got to make it in that hour and a half or, you know, two hours or whatever the length of the class is. And so, you know, it, it's going to suck. But on the other side of that, you know how it feels to make it through that and how good you feel when you make it through that. And then there's also that mental part saying, you know, half the people that are my potential enemies and assailants out there aren't going through this. They aren't toughening their, their themselves like I am. And that's another good, you know, mental feeling. So, you know, you kind of go into it going, I love how much this is going to suck. So that really reflected some of our uh, some of our attitude. And is that the attitude that we have to come into the dojo with, like even if it's a person coming off the street for the first time, or is something that we develop over time? I mean, I would love to tell people that are listening to this or potential students that you should come in with that attitude, but very few people have that attitude. It's an attitude that needs to be developed through physical and mental adversity over time. Um, so I don't think anybody can just walk in with that. But I will say, if you can develop that, and, and I'm being, you know, semi-funny here because that's just a funny saying. I love how much this is going to suck. But if you could take that attitude and apply that to everything in your life, um, it, it, it would give you a different viewpoint of things. You know, like when you're driving into work in the morning, or you know you're gonna have to tell your wife something that she doesn't want to hear, or kids, you know they're not going to sleep, and you know you've got to go in there as a parent and and do something, or someone is very ill in your family and you've got to go go face it, and you've got to go face their pain and their illness, or any of those things. Like you know being able to just look at every single one of those and go, you know I love how much this is gonna suck. It just it's just saying, you know, I already acknowledge the fact that this is just going to be really, really challenging. But I'm also acknowledging the fact that I, I can go tackle this. I can do this. It'll be moment to moment. It's not going to be enjoyable, but I'm going to come out the other side. Um, and so, you know, you just kind of put your head down and and you and you wade into it. Right. You just you just go for it. It's like going to the holiday bash. If you've been to a holiday bash, it's almost worse than if you haven't been to one. Right. The first time you go to one, it's a wake up call. But the second one, you remember the first one. And so you show up at the second one and you know how much is going to suck. You know, you're going to do 
insane calisthenics to the point where you're like, that's enough for a day. And now you're going to start the bash and then you're going to have to like physically fight people for two hours. And some of them you're going to win, but a lot of them you're going to lose. And you, you wade into it anyway. You just, you know, you go in with your chest forward and, and you just, you just do it. Um, I think that is starting to poke a little bit at what we, you know, what toughness is, but I don't want to just say it's physical because I think there's a lot of other types of toughness. And if you don't mind, I just want to touch on a couple of those because when we say toughness, especially being that we live in the West in America, we think of somebody who's more physically tough, maybe than mentally tough or more physically strong than mentally strong, but just somebody that's willing to go for it and they'll take on whatever adversity. Uh, And mainly we're talking physical, but there's so many other things. Uh, And so I think people could relate that, you know, somebody who's a soldier in in the military, they've got to be physically tough. I mean, they're asked to do things like climb huge hills while wearing, you know, tons of equipment or, you know, do an obstacle course or, you know, swim through the water, weighted down and then having to go into combat. We think of that as, as physically tough. But there are there are soldiers who, you know, run drone missions from a computer. And do they need to be physically tough? I don't know. Maybe their right wrist does uh, to be able to move that joystick, but they certainly have to be mentally tough because they they know what they're doing. Right? Intellectually, they've got to navigate this. They've got to find a target, and they've, then they've got to engage a target. And that, that takes a lot of mentally mental toughness, but maybe not so much physical as, as the foot soldier. Um, you know, I, I said before I mentioned children, you know, raising children is is tough. It takes all of your attention and all of your energy and you have to be selfless and there are other human beings developing. So they're going to challenge you in every single way possible. And they're literally mirrors of yourself. So, you know, all of the good stuff you are reflects in them, but all the bad stuff you are reflects in them too. So that's a, that's tough, but that's a, that's a different kind of toughness to raise children for 18 or 20 or 25 years until they, until they leave home. That's not, that's not easy. Um, you know, you may not be physically tough in any way because you're not faced with a life that's like that. But maybe you work for a hedge fund company or you work uh, for a mortgage company and you have to sell financial instruments and there's people that want to steal your business and there's, um, you know, there's dealing with the, the markets and all of these mentally incredibly tough decisions that you have to make quickly and on the fly that can affect you know, thousands of people. And, and that's a different kind of mental toughness. I mean, I'm not saying that a, you know, a, a Navy SEAL could walk into a business office and negotiate a multi-million dollar deal. I mean, those people sitting around the table with no physical toughness at all would eat them alive. So it, there's all kinds of, of different kinds of, of toughness, right? There's, there's the, you know, the biker, that guy's a badass kind of tough toughness or an MMA fighter. They're, they're tough um, because, you know, we think they could fight and they could beat us up and they can handle the road on a bike or, you know, they go through hours and hours and hours of training. And and that's also a, you know, a different kind of toughness, but could they raise kids? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. So I think, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, it's very relative. What do you need to be tough for? Um, for us, we need to be tough to be able to handle our training and to be able to protect ourselves and the ones we love. So there's a specific kind of toughness that we need to we need to have. But we also all live a regular life and have a job and have family and have have hard times and good times. And, and those are all kinds of toughness that we need to develop. 
And I believe they're all intertwined, and that's why martial arts is such a great vehicle for developing that physical and mental toughness that you need in all parts of your life. There was another example that you gave to us, especially one of those tougher classes that we struggled through. And you referenced a movie, actually, and I had recently seen it at that time, so I knew exactly what you're talking about. Um, and it was called Gattaca, uh, where, yes. right? Um, so maybe, maybe if you want to uh, tell everybody the the same thing that you told us that day. Sure, sure. Um, it, you know, it, I, it's a specific scene in the movie that always um, impacted me and, and made me look at things a little bit differently and take on challenges in my life in a, in a little bit different way. And it's it's where these uh, two brothers, um, I think they were brothers. They may have been friends. Yeah, they were watched. brothers. They were brothers. Okay. So these two brothers are, are swimming uh, and they're very competitive to start with. And one of the brothers is uh, very intellectually gifted and uh, the other one, you know, he's got street smarts, um, but he always seems to outdo uh, his his other brother. No matter how smart his other brother is, no matter how much training his other brother has, he outdoes him. So there's a scene where they swim out to the ocean, and they're going to swim uh, as far as they possibly can. I think they're swimming out to some buoy, and then they're going to swim back, and it's, and it's a race. And so uh, they start swimming out, and there comes a point where the – the not street smart brother, the, the intellectual brother just kind of looks back at the shore and he sees how far away it is. And it's, it's really far. And so he kind of has to make a decision and he stops cause he knows what he needs to get back. And he swims back to the beach, which means he doesn't, he doesn't beat his brother. And so later, um, you know, he asks his brother, uh, how do you, how do you do that? And his response is something like he, he never saves anything for the trip back. Right. So there, there was a mental barrier that the first brother had about his own his own personal safety and where he was willing to go, his boundary and his barrier that was really stopping him from greatness in his life. Um, and, you know, it, it was that point where he said, you know, this is all I got, having never had to to, you know, tackle other barriers in his life. And he went back, whereas the other brother was totally willing to just go until he drowned. He wasn't. He wasn't saving anything for the trip back. He was giving it all on the way out, and he was willing to basically just say, I either win or die. And I, I found that to be profound, even though it's a movie version of life, because it just points to the fact that the barriers that you set for yourself um, can can oftentimes really, really limit you. Uh, you probably can go way, way, way beyond those barriers, but you'll never know until you try or until someone helps you try uh, and shows you that it, it can be done. And um, and then everything starts to change. And then how you look at everything else, all the rest of the barriers in your life, they they start to change. They, they move further and further out and suddenly you're conquering um, areas that at one time were impossible for you and, and now are easily possible because the new barrier is way, way ahead of you. Um, and so I thought that was a great, uh, a great expression of that feeling. Now, is that the mentality that you want us to bring into the mats as, as well? I do. And I, you know, more than that, the mats being part of it, but in, in your whole life, um, you know, at least in this physical form, uh, this 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years is all we get. We don't get anything else. Uh, so you know, like, 
like was said on the show of the Vikings by by the uh, the lead character there, every man's born and every man dies, and what happens in between is completely up to you, and it, and it just is. It just is. We set our own barriers to what we do between birth and death. And there's so much more that you can do. And the dojo is a, one of those places, right? It's one of those places where you learn how to expand like that. Um, you learn how to go way beyond what you thought were your limits. And that needs to reflect into the into the rest of your life. Uh, I mean, if you are uh, afraid to make a move in life or in business or physically or mentally because you simply don't know what's on the other side of that equation and you're the type of person that I have to have everything planned out and I need to know what the outcome is before I make a move, then you've already set barriers. Um, in other words, you can only go as far as what you know. And, and that limits a life. Uh, and it certainly limits you in, in the dojo. Um, I've seen students who will come up with a move and I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. And, and the great thing about it is neither did they, but they didn't set a barrier. They just went for it. And suddenly that barrier fell and they were able to execute something and now they know they can, and now they just move on, move on to the next thing. So, um, this is all that, that toughness, that mental and physical toughness is all about understanding that barriers don't exist at all. You have two barriers that you can't do anything about and you can't get past. One is being born and one is dying. Everything else in between, it's all it's all a myth. You can you literally can do whatever you want to do with that time. I wanted to ask you about a specific scenario in training, Jihan, that I've experienced and Perhaps uh, your thoughts might benefit others that are in a sim similar predicament. So from my, I come from a very docile, submissive culture. And so when I started doing jujitsu, it was, and I never really felt like I got to the place where I need to be that to progress as fast as some of my other peers. And I really feel like I need to shirk the vestiges that are left remaining now to move ahead to the higher ranks. And when we're doing techniques, I feel like I don't want to hurt the other person. And I know in my head, I'm here to hurt the other person. All these techniques that are written on the balls are meant to hurt the other person. So why do I still feel like I don't want to hurt the other person? And I feel like that's something way back tucked in the, my subconscious that's preventing me from succeeding in, in Randori, in rolling Newaza, and even executing techniques. Is when sometimes there are, like you said, when that barrier is removed for whatever reason, maybe I'm just so tired I don't even care what happens to me or anybody else. Or maybe I'm in a state where I'm actually a little bit angry or a little ag more aggressive than my usual state. I execute a technique and everyone's like, wow, that's so great, Sri. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so so let, me, let, me stop you, let me stop you right there. So when that happens, when you're either tired or you're angry or whatever the situation is and suddenly your barriers are, are just, they're not existent and you do it. Right. You submit the person or you throw the person or whatever. And it amazes everybody. Do you hurt them? Um, not sometimes, but they just laugh it off. Right. 
So you didn't injure anybody, right? You didn't break anybody's neck or anybody's leg or, no. or, or whatever, right? So again, that just in your words, and I, and I know this applies to a lot of people, um, words are powerful. In your words is I don't want to hurt someone, and then you go on to describe a situation where you let the barriers down and you just execute excellently. So somehow you're associating throwing somebody when you can or choking them out with, with hurting them. And so far, there hasn't been any any proof of that. As a matter of fact, you've been involved in the dojo for a long time, and you've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students, and you've seen people get hurt, and, and almost none of them have been hurt by somebody hurting them, right? They've they've twisted their knee. They've tried to escape from a, a technique incorrectly. They've fallen the wrong way. I mean, it, there's a whole myriad of things I, uh, where people have... have injured themselves, but very, very rarely is it someone actually hurting someone else on purpose. Um, and so I think maybe that's something that's that's false that you've set up. Um, uh, a barrier that mentally uh, you have a filter that says, I don't want to or I'm not willing to go past this point. I'm really not willing to injure somebody simply to feel good myself or to say I trained really well today or that I tapped somebody out. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have no desire whatsoever to um, hurt any other good person. Um, what I've learned over time, though, is there's a lot, a lot of not good persons out there and, and people that are totally willing to hurt you, hurt your loved ones, take things from you, destroy your life. And, you know, my limit uh, has to go completely out the window. You know, at that point, I, I, at that point, I just don't care. I have to do what I have to do. Um, so you, you need to maybe re-explore those limits. I mean, you throwing somebody as hard as you can, if they're another trained person, another blue belt or, you know, even a yellow belt, and we're working on two inches of really expensive mats and you're in, you're with a, a talented instructor who's constantly looking out for safety situations. And I mean, just go for it. It, the likelihood of you hurting somebody is actually very small. We've set up a very safe environment as far as that is concerned. So, so something to explore. And I, again, I want to say I, I, I don't think that most decent people, I would say 99% of the people that have ever walked through the dojo ever want to hurt anybody. I don't, I really don't think they want to hurt them. Um, cause them pain, maybe. That's a different thing um, okay. because we all kind of laugh about it afterwards and like oh my god jujitsu is so amazing i can't believe how much that hurt uh but we're not looking to uh we're not looking to injure somebody in a training scenario um, what we are looking to do is develop skills that if we had to injure somebody not in a training scenario that we have the ability to do that you talked about enemy assailants earlier and and particularly this example where maybe we do want to hurt somebody who's who's out to hurt us or our family and they need to protect ourselves do is is the factor of me being tougher than my assailant a necessary precondition to being for me to succeed i don't think so actually um i i think in a, a real life altercation outside of the dojo i think you need to be smarter and more well trained their toughness would come into play um Potentially, if your situation was happening in a very adverse environment or 
if um, you were attacked first and like blindsided and knocked to the ground and now you have to like recompose yourself and, and defend yourself or person is significantly larger than you and they're like sitting on your chest and they're mauling you. There is a certain level of toughness that has to happen right in those moments, but the ability to defend yourself, the ability to use the technical knowledge that you have is more about being smart than than tough, right? It's about training a technique thousands and thousands of times till it's unconscious in your brain and it will react much quicker than you can think about it uh, in order to end an altercation very, very quickly. Um, so that's, that's, that's different, but in order to get to that point, in order to be able to have practiced a technique tens of thousands of time until it's unconscious, you do have to be mentally and physically tough enough to last through the training. Um, your training cumulatively over years is going to be way harder than any self-defense situation that you're going to run into. So that, that's where the toughness part comes in. Um, you know, I don't really think you're going to be able to pull off some <clears throat> great you know, Harai Goshi or something like that, you know, if you've trained in jujitsu for, you know, three weeks, not only do you not have the technical ability, but you just haven't spent enough time to drive that into your unconscious mind. So that might take a couple of years and a couple of years of jujitsu training takes a lot of mental and physical toughness. So I think that's where the toughness comes in. But at the end of the day, it's, it's who's smarter and more well-trained and has, has the technical ability, has the weapons at their disposal to uh, to stop the other person all of this what we've talked about apply to women equally as men and are there any particular differences or or things that a, a woman should be cognizant of when when she's training for either in kobukai or or to defend herself i don't think so um i think everybody uh grows up with their own sort of um, again, sort of filters on on the world, on on how they're supposed to think about things and how they're supposed to act, and it's it's something that's part of your culture, it's part of your country, it's part of your family and your bringing up. That's that's where all of that that comes from, somewhat from experience uh, as you grow up, but mainly from those other things. Um, and I think it differs across cultures and countries, and and even times. Um, you know, a woman who was living in 1950 would uh, look at maybe somebody who lives in, you know, 2017 and think the woman was a brute. Um, you know, uh, look, look at them out there doing CrossFit and, you know, uh, being competitive swimmers and doing jujitsu. I mean, that's, that would be crazy. Um, so, you know, it's also a product of, of time. So no, I don't, I don't think it's any different. I think it's just a different set of challenges and filters and barriers that that a woman has to get over that may be the same as men and may be different because there are different sex but uh, the barriers are no specifically tougher they're not specifically tougher or uh, insurmountable they're just different well thank you Shihan uh, answered a lot of my questions about toughness do you have any other parting words yeah I, I, I would say people should constantly strive to break their own barriers this will lead to a certain amount of toughness. It'll be physical, it'll be mental, it'll be emotional, it'll be spiritual. It's growth. It's what we talk about as growth. And you go from who you are now to who you are at some point in the future, hopefully along a very positive path. And you have to take on the challenges. You cannot shy away from the challenges, both in the dojo and outside of the dojo. You have to just go for it. Now, I say that with you have to build in a certain level of of sanity and safety right so you know if you've never 
jumped off of, say, a three-meter board or, you know, something that's 10 feet high into the water. Your first choice should not be, like, cliff diving in Acapulco. You have no training and no experience with that. Right? You can say, I love how much this is going to suck and jump off and die, and that's just stupid. Um, so you have to work your way through small barriers a little bit at a time, and cumulatively they become large barriers, and you have to do it with some sort of personal safety in mind. However... Um, you can, through research, understand what some of those barriers actually are by seeing what other people have done and how they have safely taken on challenges and then do that yourself. So that's that's one thing. And in the dojo, that's your instructor and your other senior students who look out for you and guide you through that journey and try to keep you safe as you go through this, this growth and this development of mental and physical toughness. So. Um, if that's a good formula for the dojo, it's also a good formula in life. You know, seek out mentors and people that have done these challenges before and learn from them and then go and, and do it yourself and you will see exponential growth uh, throughout your life and you will become tougher. <laughs>